relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people in places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. Dude, listen to how much drugs you can have in Oregon. You can have one gram of heroin. Okay, to be specific. Less than one gram of heroin. Less than one gram or less than five pills of MDMA. Less than two grams of methamphetamine. Less than 40 units of LSD. Less than 12 grams of psilocybin. Less than 40 units of methadone. Less than 40 pills of oxycodone and less than two grams of cocaine. And as long <coughs> as you're oh, man, that, that, was, that last one, I don't know why that was so crazy to me. But the like, math that one didn't even shake me. None of those did, but the last with the cocaine, that one was where I was like, ah, that seems a bad idea. It just seems, and it's literally uh, just a hundred dollar ticket. If you have any of that on you. Holy. Just, a, just, you just budget that in. That's all you do. But is it cumulative? That's what I don't understand. Like, if you have all of well, this on we'll, you. We'll see. We're going to see. At one time. <laughs> is it one, is it $100 ticket? Oh, if you just like have under the, all those amounts of all the things. <laughs> Well, if you have under those, there's no way that you're functioning. <laughs> well, you and might they, be and, headed to a party. You're headed for an adventure. You got all those. That's not a party, Mike. That is like a reckoning if you're doing all those drugs. Okay, we should. This is. This this is. No guess because COVID four new hope. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of questions about that list and then that'll spark us into probably some stories and stuff but that list I have because some of the amounts I don't under understand because they just said a gram of a lot of stuff and you're like yo that's not even <laughs> that's not how drugs work we're just like uh uh-uh. uh so the what units I would, is interesting. I don't know what a unit is. There's so many. There's a lot of terminology that I would have to. Yeah, I would. I want some some clarity on. I got some questions. So let's do that music thing real fast, and then we'll get into it with all my questions. Because if I just did a couple questions, it just wouldn't make sense. So, so ladies and gentlemen, give it up for episode four drugs and lists and questions and more
rhyme when you did the thing? I mean, a little bit of my hosting kicked in where I stumble into a rhyme, but no, I did not mean to do that. Okay, because <laughs> either way, it's impressive. That it had when it came out, I was just like, I wasn't even. I was like, oh, that's good, that's great. And then <laughs> while we were playing the music, I was like, I wonder if she did that on purpose or it just came out like that. Because no. some people have that gift, just finding those rhyme words. I mean, they're called I rappers or I ghost spit rappers. Fire sometimes that does happen. So let me ask you this: a gram of heroin is that a lot? Oh yeah. So you have a lo- so much of that. I think a gram of heroin's a lot. It seems like an excessive amount of heroin. Like, I don't know. I can't answer it. That's one know. of the ones I've never done. So, I mean, I don't think. I've seen it a couple of times. I know what it smells like when people are smoking it. Yes, I have been around that once or twice where you're just like, what is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, there's a part two list, though. Are you interested in the part two list? There's more drugs. Well, sort of. So the other part, so this is, can I, can I clarify what we're reading? Yes. This is like, and if you're in Oregon, the whole state, or is this the, just certain? The just whole certain state. Counties? The whole kit and caboodle. Every every county and city and municipality in the state of Oregon, if you yep. get popped with these these drugs, we don't know if it's you know what. Even if it's a hundred dollars per drug, so it's a hundred dollars. It's a hundred dollars per pop, but then you also are forced to go to a rehabilitation and psychological type of thing. So it sort of goes along the same way that, you know, if you get pop drunk driving, you get your license suspended here in Oregon and you're forced to go take classes on substance abuse. And if you do that, they take, they do that in Washington state too. Did you know that? Did you know that? I did not. I knew that for a I know that for a fact and experience. <laughs> but one of the cool things that came with this is to make this into law, what ended up happening was with some of the protests that went on over this last summer, a lot of people were very upset that a lot of the taxation of cannabis, of legal cannabis, was going directly to law enforcement. And they did not like that. Rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. So they diverted some of the money from legal cannabis sales into this program that will, um, if you get busted, it's a hundred dollar fine. And then the taxation of cannabis will pay for the classes that you go to take for rehabilitation and all of that. What? Okay. Where's the schools? This. The schools are getting the money too. The schools are we we give a lot of the money. I think we added a couple million dollars to the annual budget. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm not blaming cannabis. This is I'm yelling at the government. Let's take care if we take care of the schools. I goddamn guarantee 
everything else falls into place when we educate motherfucking everyone. To quote Malcolm X, um, uh, shit, what is the quote? <laughs> I rest Prevention. my case. I rest my case. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. Prevention starts in the high chair, not in the electric chair. Which to me is a fucking great Malcolm X quote. Um, He's I, right. I did have one well, of my friends pointed it out too. There's a town outside of Eugene. It's called Crow. It's a small town. It's just one country road. And then all these farms offset from it. But the the school that's out there is the most falling apart bullshit school I've ever seen. But then right across the street from it is this massive new church with all this industrial lighting and all this crazy stuff. I was like, dude, if you guys invest in the schools the way you invest into Jesus, who knows what would happen? Yeah, but, but we're not, we're not, we don't give a shit about this life, man. <laughs> it's the next, next one. one. That's where we get our just reserve. Here, um, would you but, like to do some DMT to see what the next life is like? No, I mean, Thank you. So, <laughs> going on to the second list, though, this measure also reduces um, from a felony to a misdemeanor simple possession of three grams of heroin, four grams of MDMA, two to eight grams of methamphetamine, and two to eight grams of cocaine. Hold on. This goes from, it jumps from what to what? So, you know, we talked about the original list earlier about personal use. This now decriminalizes it from being a felony to a misdemeanor if you have this much amount of the drugs. So, you know, before it was possession. Now this is like if you have a bunch on you, this is the ratio in which it'll cut you off from it being a felony to a misdemeanor, which will lower your prison sentence. So, um, but yeah, it still says, you know, selling and distributing, manufacturing drugs, you'll still get busted for it. But they're really trying to put the emphasis on people who are struggling with addiction issues or, you know, just partying, maybe being able to not have their entire lives destroyed and go to prison. And if there is an addiction yeah, but this. how will we? How will I make money from private prisons? <laughs> Riddle me that, capitalism man. Um, Hopefully, we'll destroy all those here soon too. No, I think I think that that's a huge step. I think yeah, if we if we stop people from profiting caging other human beings and then we start educating people i don't know i think that's just a good idea i think it might do us some well and i think also like if instead of we we give everyone a choice for free college that to get free college after high school for a couple years you either have to join the military or some or or a service organization then we go fix our infrastructure and national parks and that's how we take care of that Holy shit, Billy. Oh, yeah. I'm not running for shit because I partied in my 20s. I would get crushed. And just even rebuilding bridges would be fucking awesome. Yeah, we need to. Yeah. 
Bridges are important. Not not even for the crossing part. Just for the not falling while I'm on them part. <laughs> it's almost as if most of these bridges and stuff like that haven't been worked on. I don't like talking about it. I do not socialist like. president who enacted the New Deal and worked That's not on true. America's infrastructure. That is not true. A lot of states are taking some states are really taking care of the interstates. I know this because I've traveled on them and I've seen that. Some states I don't you're some states you're exactly right. I don't think they've looked at the roads since yeah, since the New Deal. They're like, look I mean we could we could look at it. Like we talked about the other week, driving through Illinois and Nebraska and stuff like that. Like those roads look like it's concrete that was poured in the twenties, and there's it's just more grass growing up through the cracks. And you're like, I don't know about this, man. Hundred percent, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, in what's funny, the roads in Tennessee are amazing because. uh, Because they just want, you know, it's a thoroughfare for commerce and transportation. It's, and that's it's where what connects are. the world. Yeah. The so we did throw it out there for questions on the social media handles, and there was a response to one of them saying, What's up with some Tennessee stories? So my, since my, you dropped Tennessee, you got a Tennessee story. I'm trying to think like a weed story in Tennessee. You know what? This is pretty funny. Um, this is very distinct Tennessee. Uh, the I grew up going to, I live 40, 45 minutes west of Knoxville on I-40. And my dad's a football coach. So I grew up going to like football, UT football game. And the stadium, it's like a, it holds like a hundred and ten thousand people. It's it's really special and it's a really cool. I I can't wait to take you guys there. It's fucking great. And I haven't been in a like probably five or six years, and it bums me out. <laughs> uh, and I'm not like a huge Tennessee football fan. Like you know what I mean. Like when they lose, I'm not like huh. I gotta, go, uh, I gotta go kick a dog or something like i don't i'm like yeah man it's like i didn't go there i just grew up going to the games at school uh so i grew up going with my dad and stuff and then i went and yeah i went to college i went to every home game the year they won the national championship uh that was really cool uh let's good energy I was a senior in high school and I was dating a girl that was a freshman at UT. Yeah. Yeah. And how many dudes was she dating at UT? I don't know. I didn't ask, man. I'm not a dummy. (laughs) I'm not a dummy. I'm dating an older girl. You don't ask too much, man. You just sit there. Um, I didn't get there being nosy. (laughs) Um, So, uh, but I didn't start smoking weed till like, like really smoke, you know what I mean? Like really started smoking weed till like probably like my, like after I quit playing baseball and I went to Western Kentucky. So me and some friends drove down to Knoxville. We're like, we're going to the game. And I ran into an old friend of mine and he had some just wonderful, wonderful weed. And he was so thrilled that I smoked weed now. 
you should. He was excited as I was excited about his week. And it's uh, like you reconnect, and you're like, "We love the same thing." Oh, you were such a square kind in high school, and I was like, "I know. I thought he was going to kill me. I didn't know it was going to make me live." <laughs> um, so, but we got just like, and I think we probably got way higher than we either of us meant because we, you know, you're excited. We're like, "Yeah, then how you been, man?" And uh, so then he goes to catch up with who he's with, and then I got to catch up with who I'm with. And I'm with my friends, my friend and his, uh, and we're sitting in his dad's seat. And his dad's like a multimillionaire businessman. Yeah. And I didn't realize this, the seats were amazing, like on the 45 yard line, like 22 with some fancy people. And I am stoned. Out of my mind, which at the at first I was like, "This is great," because I'll just sit here and be quiet, and I won't. This is so much better than being drunk and really ruining this for my friend. But it wasn't because I don't know if you've been stoned out of your mind uh, together with a hundred and ten thousand people, but it is awful. Especially at sporting events. It's just so clear what a terrible idea it is to have that many people in in its structure. It's cool. You're like, man, this is pretty cool. And then when you really think about it, this is a bad idea. This is so (laughs) much. So I was not. I just sat. Like when people stand up, I just sitting there. Because I was like, I, I kind of went, I, I forgot all about that until we started talking about, I kind of wigged out. That's a good question, Tennessee Third. <laughs> the whole so, third quarter, I was, I was, <clears throat> I was not doing well. <laughs> Fourth quarter, we got over the hump and had a good time. Everything mellowed out a little bit more. So, yeah, I walked around the whole second quarter and halftime with just a, <laughs> with just a coat, just trying to ease my shock. It's all going to be okay. Um, so he knew that I had no Tennessee stories, so he felt bad and had a backup question for me. And he said, um, how about maybe some kind of funny growing mistakes you made when you was learning? That's me quoting him verbatim when you mm-hmm. was learning, uh, getting the Southern charm in there. Um I kind of don't want to tell some of these stories because I'm hoping to see if Billy makes this mistake on the Patreon. And I get then don't tell it. <laughs> then don't tell it. No, you won't make the mistake. But I've literally been electrocuted. I've blown up stuff. There's been crazy amounts of stuff. <laughs> Yo, dude, if I'm going to get electrocuted, let me know. <laughs> no, you're kids. not going to get electrocuted. So huh. back in my day, it was a lot of Jerry I'm like the rigging. funny part of this podcast. You know what I mean? My brother's going to be so pissed. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, no, a lot of the electrocuting was like me doing weird shit that you, as an adult, would just hire an electrician. But at that time, I had to do everything illegal. But, and it's an internet meme in growing circles and stuff like that, is the overflowing of the tank. You're not a known grower you haven't put your time in until you've flooded your grow room many times while filling up a tank 
So that's not going to happen so much with you because you just have like a little five gallon bucket. But most of us who have 300 gallon tanks, 55 gallon drums and stuff like that, you start the water to fill it back up at the end of the day when you're doing something and then you walk away and do something else and you come back and just the water's just fucking pouring everywhere your grow room is like two inches of water um one time in my medical days um i was in this garage small little neighborhood type of thing um i sprayed the room for pesticides so I sprayed the room and I would leave the lights off for an hour after I sprayed um, just so that, you know, the oils and everything that I was spraying with wouldn't burn the plant because you want to spray when the lights are off. So I'm like, I'll kill two birds with one stone. I'm spraying and I'm filling up my 55 gallon barrel. I get done spraying and, you know, I'm sweaty and everything. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go inside and grab some lunch and I'll come back in an hour and turn the lights back on. Totally forgot that I was filling up the 55 gallon drum. So I come back an hour later, um, two inches of water. We had built a fake wall in front of the huge garage door and just water's just blaring out of underneath the garage door and i'm just like what the fuck is that uh, why you you build everything like off the ground now <laughs> well i mean for many reasons but um so now most rec facilities you'll actually see that they put grating into the floor so that's like a drain off so when you overfill your tanks and stuff like that, we don't have that at King's Cannabis. So even at King's Cannabis, my rec place, I've flooded that place many times. One Friday night, I was working late and just working, doing all my stuff. I come back in Saturday morning and holy shit, I had flooded the veg room, the two flowering rooms, and I had these big double doors and water was just pouring out of it. And it's just always the immediate like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And like you have like, it feels like when you wake up and you didn't, your alarm didn't go off and you're late for work and you're like panicked. You're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I just quit. No, and that's the worst part is because then you just have to your day's all fucked every single time that it happens me pedro and all the other guys we have these big like large broom looking squeegees to squeegee out the rooms and just mop everything up shop back it though i will see if maybe i get permission to post this video it's one of my favorite ever fred who is our compliance officer he built a sprinkling system in our rooms to try and raise the humidity up you know it has fine misters and stuff like that try to get our vpd in our favorite area um one of the pipes burst and started flooding the room and i have video of him walking into the room and he sees what's going on and he's just like oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> man so i like that you guys just it does sound horror it just sounds like just like pure panic but it's so funny that like 
most grows except for King's plan for when it just happens. It's like, listen, everyone does it. It just happens. But you know what? It just hit me. You know how many times I would walk to my grandpa's barn and there was like, there's the stables on to the left that would go out into the field and then there was a a watering trough. How many times that motherfucker's over the field? <laughs> it was just like mud and shit. And it was like that side was like, oh, I wouldn't. Because it was go. sometimes my job to go turn on the hose and then turn it off. I always remembered. I bet I didn't. I bet I didn't. <laughs> you think you're always going to remember. And when you fill up the tanks every other day, you always remember, except for that one time where you Everybody forget. forget. Yeah. It's the worst thing. So that's literally, I can tell you right now, it takes 20 minutes for me to fill up 200 gallons of water at my shop because I always have a 20-minute timer set in my phone for every time I'm filling up, up, just so I never forget. Just call it 9-11. <laughs> Wait, what? Huh? Huh? I don't remember. <laughs> but there's other great, horrible accidents that go on when you're growing, and I'm sure we'll get to those stories one day, but... What else we got? Um, so, yeah, that is, one, yeah, you don't want to ruin it because I'm a lot of the stories would just be warning me. I mean, it is going to be more fun when I mess it up. I've got my light going right now, I'm monitoring. So, I will tell you, I've been electrocuted several times, but one of the times that has happened the most recent, which is the more annoying is when you put a heater into your tank where you're brewing up your tea, sometimes the bacteria and the fungus that you're making in your tea, they actually feed on rubber and plastics and stuff like that. So the heater, the water heater, will start shorting out. So when you put your hands in the tank to move the water along, there'll be an exposed wire on the heater and you electrocute yourself and it's pretty fun. Okay, see that's that's stuff you shouldn't keep from me. It's like the electrocution stuff. It's a little zap, it's fine. Nah. Not. It's like two hundred watts. It hurts. It's that reminds fun. me of a you wanna hear a funny story? Yeah. Uh this was when I was in college. Um, you know those those collars you can put on dogs? Oh, and yeah. Zap them. Well, uh, I went to college at Kentucky. And uh, these dudes had one of those collars, but it was for like a mean dog. And this dude was just drinking Southern Comfort out of a bottle in the middle of the afternoon. And we're in this little parking lot behind this big house. This, these guys rented out bunch of you know how this took a bunch of dudes lived in one house. You know, it seemed like a good <laughs> idea. It's the grossest thing you've ever seen. It's the uh, but it was fun. So we're out there in their parking lot in the middle of the afternoon, and this dude was like, "Put it on." I put it on my leg, and he put it on his leg, and I knew what was going to happen a little bit, but not to the degree because. In junior college, they gave us those stem machines, you know, you, to rub out 
mm-hmm. uh, tight muscles, you know, and we figured out this, some of the smarter guys figured out, you know, some anatomy classes and you rip it up and you put it on certain muscles and make your arm do stuff. We got it taken away. So we have them for like two weeks. So they <laughs> took them away. But I kind of knew how to mess with them. Um, and then, uh, so he put it on his ankle and uh, it zapped him and he, you know, he kicked up. And he's like, wow, that's, and he's like, do it really hard. And the guy who had it was a sadist. And he just turned it all the way up and dude just fell on the ground. <laughs> he was just screaming. He's like, get up, get up, get up. <laughs> like it knocked him down. That's how. And I was like, man, that was, that, and he just kept going, man, that might kill a dog. That might kill a dog. That's all he kept saying the rest of the night. I mean, he's pretty hammered, but he's like, man, that would kill a dog. So then to sidestep and this podcast will just be about electrocution. Um, <laughs> I used to have a, like. <laughs> I used to have a pair of, they were plastic brass knuckles, but it was, it had like a thing in the palm where it was a taser on the brass knuckles. So like you could just kind of go up and like give somebody a little punch with it on. So they get zapped a little bit and pull it off. It's um, called a New Jersey driver's license. <laughs> so uh, here out in Eugene, my uh, my best friend Jillian, her boyfriend, my cousin, and my brother, you know, we were all hanging out downtown and they were a little bit drunk. So me being the sober person just smoking weed at the end of the night was like showing them in. They're like, zap me, zap me. So I just started fucking hitting all of them downtown and they were all just kind of laughing and having fun and you know my best friend jillian she was laughing at her boyfriend all of them being like you guys are idiots you guys are so stupid and then i was driving them all home and she was sitting next to me and she took a pretzel out of my pretzel bag of shit i got it's like take another one i'm gonna fucking zap you and she's like you won't do that and i went good and she still to this day holds it against me and i'm like you took one of my goddamn pretzels that's more serious than anything did it hurt him no man one time okay i got one <laughs> this is not this is not electrocution but this is some of the funniest shit i've ever seen in the same vein as a taser so just this dude I used to live with in when I was doing open mics and first starting in Nashville. Uh, he's still one of the funniest people I've ever met. And I've met some of the funniest people in the world. He is, he's so funny. Uh, and he just didn't, he didn't like the lifestyle of being a stand up. And I fucking get it. Uh, he's a little older than me too. And he was like falling in love and, yeah, just looking back, I remember being like, "What do you mean you don't like the lifestyle? <laughs> what do you? Everything's in, you know." And looking back, I'm like, "Man, he's so much smarter than me." Um, but so he got a job. Not only was he really funny, he was also very talented at computers, and and uh, he went to film school, so he was good at communication stuff. And he got a job with the sheriff's department in Nashville doing their like video stuff and web stuff like that which was just the funniest shit of all time to me because what we had been doing the last just turds 
making fun of everything and being drunk most of the time. And then he's like, I'm going to be at the shop with the sheriff's department. I was like, oh, are you, are you getting a job with the sheriff? And then he like, came back and they gave him a badge. I was like, I don't respect anything anymore. Nothing makes any sense. You have a badge. He's like, it's and then my friend would steal it and it would drive me crazy. Um, but one time he came back, we were drinking. He wouldn't, he never smoked weed. That was nice. I mean, cause he was, that's whatever, but you know, law enforcement, you can drink or whatever, I guess. Uh, so we're getting drunk and he's like, I've got a video. You guys, you guys want to watch it? He's like, it's from the sheriff's department. We're like, what are you talking about? He's like, when we get the new recruits or the new guys, they all have to get shot with the pepper spray. They give them. He's like, we have to video it for like, I, I guess for like legal purposes too, in case one of them like sue, like something happens or, but we got to, <laughs> to watch it. And it is these just cops crying, like just big old babies. <laughs> just because, just I mean, it is, but I mean, I was crying. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. You guys signed just these, up for this? <laughs> yeah, because they're all trying to look so fucking tough before, too. Because they're all just like, there's like a couple of dudes that you could tell, like, probably shouldn't be cops because they're good dudes. You could tell right. real quick. Because they were just kind of funny and they weren't just being tough. They were just like, this is going to suck so bad. What have you done? <laughs> and they were the two, you know, the couple of guys that handled it well. They were just like, just how long? This is awful. <laughs> but the dudes that would try to be tough, those were the ones that were like, ah! like crying. And they're like, some of them are dancing like my toddler does. It was. So I'm just on the couch, just like this is the. I'm so glad you work for the sheriff department. This, <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever. Uh, just so good. We got another question from Nathaniel. He's our New Zealand listener who's going to help us get John to go on this fishing trip in New Zealand. We're gonna make that shit happen. Okay. His well, question: Is he the president? Does he have? If we're going to figure it out. Okay. I'm Even if we like politics have to grow okay. to the I got you. island I got you. or something like that. I got smuggle them in. But anyway, he says, do you have any, any experiences traveling overseas and experiencing foreign cannabis culture? Not culture. I wouldn't say cannabis. You know what? Hmm. No, I smoked some a little bit of hash in Dublin, and I smoked some terrible—not terrible. It was—it just seemed like swag, if that makes sense. Yeah. In Dublin, like a, they were being that, I'm, and I'm not being judgmental. That's what it was. Um, the hash was all right. It was just some weirdo in this bar, this upstairs closed off part of the bar was doing goddamn knife hits. And I knew what it was. He was over in the corner and somebody's like, they're doing, uh, what are they doing over there? I was like, that's fucking hash. I'll be right back. Um, <laughs> uh, and I just, like, I was like, here, I want one. And, they're, and the guy was like, you know, what they say, you know, whatever his accent was. And I was like, yeah, it's fucking hash. It's good. Yeah. It was great. 
but I'd also not smoked weed in probably four or five days. And I, I was since it was since the fucking brownie thing, the brownie trip, the, <laughs> the rice krispie thing. Yeah. The, from last week. Yeah. So it was like the end of that. It was the last night at the thing. Yeah. At so, the party. Yeah. On that tip, you know, my mom's from Ireland. I have family in Ireland. My mom wasn't a fan of my cannabis use growing up or me moving to Oregon. But uh, when I like one of the first trips, I went back to Ireland while being out here growing cannabis. Uh, we go back there. And at that time, my mom didn't know what I was doing. We went to a wedding and like all of my cousins and aunts and uncles, like the cool ones, they're like, what are you doing out in Oregon? You know, they, I heard they have medical marijuana out there. And it's like, yeah, you dudes, I'm growing. And they're like, oh shit. And they got so excited. And it was like, finally where the adult uncles and aunts were like, oh, I've been smoking my entire life and everything. And just started telling me, I was like, oh, we can smoke together. And I was like, you guys got any weed? And they're like, no. No, they don't. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I'm hoping my family does have 380 acres. I'm hoping maybe that's my plan is to just once the democracy of America crumbles, I'll just go over there and grow cannabis. Once. Um, I don't know. Have you not been, have you not watched the news a little bit? Um, oh, did it come back? No. Oh, okay. But I will say this, and I don't mean, I will say I was disappointed in how lax the security in Ireland was at the airport because I didn't bring anything. Because they're used to the bombs going in other places. It was literally, someone was like, no one brings us anything. And I was like, well, I will next time. Like, just let me know. Like, uh, And then when I was in the Middle East, um, in Dubai, was really I didn't I didn't really Dubai didn't have any enough money to operate. I feel like that's that in that city <clears throat> you need quite a quite a bit of wealth to get the access to what's happening in that place mm-hmm. it's it's happening but it's behind a lot of closed doors and like that's dubai was like very clear about that now joe this is really cool as long as you have money oh yes like and you could probably do anything you want and i mean anything and not in a good way <laughs> um then uh doha i doha was just very strange I didn't get, I probably, if I would have looked harder, could have found something, but everyone seemed like a spy there, and I did not <laughs> like it. Um, it very uncomfortable. It was, it was, also, there were Migs. Oh, that's uh, awesome. It was awesome, and then it was terrifying when you figure out what they were. I mean, well, I'm there's an a air- reason why they're here. Okay. I'm an airplane nerd, <laughs> and like they would, and I was like, oh, what are those? Oh my God, those are, oh. What's a MiG? <laughs> it's a Russian uh, fighter jet that we've, as someone in the United States, would never see, and especially flying in the fucking air. 
Never. Like you might see one in a museum, and I don't even think that's probably true. It's maybe it's the, it's the jet that Tom Cruise flips off in Top Gun. And that's not even a MIG. That's a <laughs> fake. That's a, that's a those aren't even real MIGs. Those are fake. But that's MIGs. what he says. Yes. But I saw them and every morning they come through and I was just every day I'm like, that's the coolest fucking thing. Also, I've really got to behave myself. What is this place I'm in? Uh, and then Bahrain, they had the, the Sook, which is like the market was near our hotel. And then there was like the part that was like for tourists where you go and they yell at you and you're like, hey, about this, hey, hey, hey. They do the thing. You know, you get a globe or whatever and you pay like a billion, way, way <laughs> more money than you should. It's just part of the thing. And then you keep going. And that's what we figured out when they stop yelling at you. That's that's their part of this. Uh, and then uh, we kept going. And then I went into a couple shops that had bombs. And I was like, that's the first time I saw anything like that when I was the whole anywhere i went the whole time and i was like huh and i just kept looking at the shopkeeper and i looked at that because bahrain's supposed to be like the sin place hmm. of the middle east it's like it's like base where everybody that's religious goes into bahrain and does whatever and i guess god can't see that island or whatever is kind of the yeah is he's like hey where'd everybody go this weekend everybody's like ah <laughs> Mm. Um, we were praying real hard and, uh, <laughs> uh, but I couldn't <laughs> communicate. I didn't know how to communicate that to the shop person and I tried to buy it, but it was like, I was in a part where this, yeah, it was like, lit, like this motherfucker wasn't, I wasn't in the tourist part I was in. And they just did wasn't hat. And even if he did speak English, he wasn't act. He wasn't letting on that he was. So that interaction kind of just like cemented it. I I mentioned it a couple times at the pool at the hotel, and a British dude was like Hashish, and I was like Hashish, and then I never saw him again. It killed um, him. I mean, I was. But I was like, you know, drugs are really bad there. <laughs> like they kill you there. So I was just like, I had to be. But the bong like led me and it was just, I don't. That was the closest I got there. Well, so what we'll have to do is my one uncle lives in London. He's from Algeria. And that's Ooh. where I want to go. Okay. Those are like, you know, Morocco, Algeria, like those places. That seems like where it's the cool version of you know arabic culture where they're like yeah do all the drugs smoke all the hashish well they have the history of the drugs there's some cool here's the thing about the middle east real quick is it's it's set up just like this the united states where it's the religion rules fucking everything and the rich rule everything and the poor it's the same goddamn setup you guys it's just sand it's the same um it's uh, we kept we were supposed to go to saudi arabia and perform but that kept getting moved and then it got canceled and then i said some stuff in bahrain the last night we were there that 
made me realize that I'm so glad that we didn't go to Saudi Arabia because I would have gotten <laughs> in trouble because I was saying stuff I found out that the lady said I should I could say anything I just do what I do so I was and they had different the rules audience let you know you can't that. make fun of the king you can't he's he's the he's, dude he's got a thin skin it was I felt like a that's the first time I felt like a real jester. <laughs> where I was like, oh, they kill my phone. I see. They're like, hey, you made me laugh. And then you say something that makes and they just kill you. And you're like, oh, that's crazy that that really happens. <laughs> yeah. Way different version of cancel culture. But then, um, so I, okay, I'll finish. I'll, I'll finish this Middle East thing. So, so no weed for 11 days. Well, it was a fun trip. I'd, I'd do it again, if, but they would have to pay me so much more money. Um, <laughs> I'll do it for why so much money. more money? Because it's not fun. It's a lot of. It's interesting, but it's not fun, and the comedy is not. They don't give a shit. It's more like it's just two groups of people. It's like one person stare at a group of people while they stare at you, and you're like, "This not gonna work, is it? It's not." <laughs> they keep. They don't even do it anymore. So, but I think they just bring over famous people now, but they pay them this shit ton of money. So then I fly back, uh, and uh, my wife, I land, and my wife has a just the best. She has a a pipe loaded for me at LAX, <laughs> and I was like, honey. I was like ripped because it'd been 10 days of like not smoking weed and just being in a foreign country. So I was just like eating very well. And I worked out like three times a day, like the last two days. So she was like, Whoa, you should stop smoking weed. And I was like, it's, it's, it, it, I was like, it was not the weed. It was like, if we lived in the desert, I would probably look like this. This is, this is how you have to. Um. But, but yeah, that was a that was huge, and I got I was so high by the time we got home. Was the best. Good lady, and she she doesn't listen to the podcast, so she'll never hear this. Never doesn't matter. the patreon real quick patreon get us stuff on the patreon we got five dollar tier we got a 25 dollar tier if you want mike to teach if you want to learn along with with me in a green beret former green beret former green beret not green beret no more so he can yes, say i think all you are things. your whole fucking life i think you earn that i think you get to say i'm a green beret yeah, i guess I think, yeah 
Like a not an not, active green beret. Yeah. Not employed green beret. I think that would be bullshit. If you don't get to like, you're like, oh, you're not active anymore. You can't say you're green beret. Motherfucker, I can too. <laughs> Stolen valor. No, uh, he fucking is. No, he is. Um, and it shows in his growing technique. <laughs> it is. It's motivating to have him around. It's inspiring. Uh, it makes you a better human being. Uh, so you should guys. It's fun. So you should, uh, if you got it, to spare 25. And we're also follow us on Twitter. Grown Local Pod. Instagram, Grown Local Pod. Hey, this Carm- Michael. Shut up. Uh, they can find us if they need us. I think Slee's on Instagram. Slee Tones! Slee Tones is on Instagram now. Uh, hit him up. Follow Slee Tones. Ask uh, him questions about the beats. Also, you guys are being awesome. Hit us up. Let us know what else we can do. Grown local pod at Gmail. We are, we're moving, <clears throat> we're moving on. We're trying to figure out season three exactly. And then we may be coming to Humboldt. My COVID's being a motherfucker right now. And we need to find some more stuff out. Humboldt people hit us up. Grown local pod at Gmail. And let us know how the situation is on the ground there. And let us know how the Zoom situation is in the Humboldt area, which I just, I just don't think we can. I don't think they got it. It's just, we have trouble texting them sometimes when we're in Humboldt. So I just don't think the Zoom is going to work. <laughs> we love you guys. Call love you all man. madly. All right. Call your own. Love you, Slee.